Stampede. Garner is in 208, recorded 11 26, 2023. Do the Jewish people deserve to have what they claim historically is the right to a homeland of their own? I can't answer that because in reality, the truth is none of us anywhere in this world can claim ownership for any place forever. Just like North America at one point was once considered the homeland for native Indian tribes. And it was taken over by European immigrants by force. I can't say Europeans never had the right to take control of what wasn't theirs. They did it and claimed the boundaries of what are now America. Will Native Americans ever reclaim what once was theirs? I doubt it. But then again, can the country of America always remain? Well, I'm not so sure about that either. I can only say all of us in this world only borrow for a while what we claim we own. And the same is true of the state of Israel, or for that matter, any Muslim country in the Middle East. The truth is we can only borrow it for a while because things are always changing. And history tells us what is owned by one person or country today may be owned by another tomorrow. 
The Israeli-Hamas war in the Gaza Strip is looking more like a regional war. I try predicting our future by understanding what's taking place in the present, and sometimes I make assumptions based on circumstantial evidence. The war was initiated by an attack on the southern Israeli border and the taking of hostages. But more importantly, it may be an attempt by countries in the Middle East to join a concerted effort to attack Israel. The Jewish state of Israel is in the heart of the Muslim world. And although they may have taken what was considered the British control of the Palestinian region in 1947, an undefined territory in 1918, they caused a large number of the Palestinian people to be refugees in neighboring countries. And that makes it a complicated issue. I'll say this. Nobody owns anything forever. The truth of the matter is, Israel may be in a fight for its survival. America has been standing on the side of Israel, and the reasons are more than it's theologically tied to Judeo-Christian values in the midst of a hostile Muslim world, or that America believed after what had taken place in Europe during World War II the Jewish people deserved to have a homeland of their own. No, those reasons weren't the only ones for why America had sided with the founding of the State of Israel. With capitalist honesty, the real 
truth for why America believed in the formation of Israel is America would have a friend in 1947 with what was the need for a partner in the control and distribution of oil coming out of the Middle East. The Muslim nations in the Persian Gulf had vast resources of oil. And what better way to assure that powerful resource than to directly protect a country like Israel, arming it and claiming its right to exist? Oil was at the heart for why America stood with Israel. And another truth is this, the laws of the natural world determine how and why nothing ever remains the same. History tells us only the strongest survive in this world. And whether we like it or not, nothing remains the same forever. And that's true for America or any other country in this world. The reason Israel is in a fight for its survival is because many countries in the Middle East, including a majority of the Palestinian people, want to reclaim what was taken from them and want to drive the Jewish people out of what they claim belongs to them. Well, the dynamics of that situation may have changed. One, Oil reserves may be running out in the Middle East. And two, a country like Iran may now have acquired the stature of a nuclear power with nuclear weapons. Iran will attempt to drive America influence out of the Middle East, including Israel, because it now has nuclear weapons.
Israel isn't just fighting a war for its survival with the Palestinian people. No, it's becoming clear it's fighting for its existence in the Middle East with nearly the entire Muslim world. And if the Middle Eastern countries are slowly running out of oil, America will be faced with having to decide on how many of our military it wants to sacrifice in what it has been doing for the last 78 years with continuing a policy of our military protecting and controlling the distribution of that resource. The question is how much oil remains in that part of the world. No American military leader would be willing to risk a direct attack against Iran if it now has nuclear weapons. So Iran is now free to arm and attack by conventional weapons America's influence in the Middle East, in Iraq, in Syria, in Saudi Arabia, arming the Houthis in Yemen, and Hezbollah in Lebanon, and even attacking ships out of the Persian Gulf. The Israeli-Hamas war isn't the only place Israel will be conducting a long and protracted conflict. And that's why it's becoming clear it's fighting for its survival. And America, for one reason or another, may not be willing or even able to involve its military directly. We may use our air force to strike Iranian threats to American forces in Syria or Iraq, but a prolonged war within Israel and its surrounding borders will be the responsibility of the Jewish people defending themselves. But it should be clear, Israel has never declared it has a nuclear weapon arsenal, but it almost certainly does. And if its very existence is put in jeopardy, with or without America's approval, it will use those weapons. So let's not kid ourselves. What Hamas did by attacking Israel has a far-reaching meaning than simply a conflict between Israel and the Palestinian people. It may ignite a nuclear war with Europe having a large Muslim population, the war in the Middle East could topple European governments. I attempt to predict the future, and I'm sad to say it doesn't look good.
Nothing is certain in war, and what I've been describing may be far from coming true. Of course, our politicians tell the American people everything is going to be all right, but that can't be considered truthful either. Maybe Iran doesn't possess nuclear weapons. Maybe there's another 50 years of oil reserves in the Middle East. Maybe the Palestinian people will be willing to embrace the Jewish people with respect and accept their fate without having to drive the Jewish people out of what they claim is their land. Maybe. But since our American politicians have permitted gambling on sporting events through the use of the Internet, it wouldn't surprise me to learn someone has opened the odds that the state of Israel or Iran will use a nuclear bomb in the near future. I'm sure somewhere someone is anticipating winning a bet that a nuclear confrontation takes place. And why wouldn't it happen? People have been killing each other since the time of the pharaohs in Egypt, since the time of Alexander the Great, since Brutus killed Julius Caesar in 44 BC at Rome. Nothing has really changed in that regard just the maps of countries that drew their boundaries. Well, I can't tell you everything is going to end up all right. We opened the door when we dropped two nuclear bombs to end World War II on population centers in the Pacific. And I don't think that will be the last time nuclear weapons are used. There are well-educated people far beyond my abilities who say our time as a species may have run their course, that we're nearing our fate. Of course, if you look at this from a cosmic point of view, putting aside the teaching of any religion that we were created by some superior force that's directing our lives— but rather the beginning of life on this planet four billion years ago was nothing more than a mistake. Well, maybe that makes sense, that we never had manifest destiny in this country, that really we were nothing more than a mistake that started four billion years ago with an accidental primordial mixture of chemicals. Yes, we're nothing more than the result of a mixture of primordial chemicals.
As of November 25th, an agreement between Israel and Hamas took place for the exchange of some hostages held by Hamas and Palestinians held in Israeli jails. A temporary ceasefire was put in effect for four days, while more hostages and Palestinians were to be released. It was obvious that the Israeli army, who had moved into the northern Gaza Strip with an unrelenting bombing campaign by their air force, had inflicted serious civilian casualties to the Palestinians. In military terms, by invading a densely populated urban setting, the Israeli military had, and I quote, mowed the lawn destroying most of the buildings in northern Gaza and causing hundreds of thousands of Palestinians to flood into southern Gaza. All water, food, electricity, and fuel had been cut off, creating a humanitarian crisis for an entire two million Palestinian Gaza population. My figures may be off, but it's estimated that over 13,000 Palestinians had died so far during the 50 days of this conflict. It's not entirely clear what will happen once the time of the ceasefire expires and all the hostages have been returned to Israel. It's possible not all of the hostages will return, perhaps because some have died by the bombing, some by wounds when taken hostage. But whatever the result, Israel will be criticized if it continues to mow the lawn, attempting to destroy Hamas. The Israeli government has informed its citizens the war will continue for months. Few reports have come out of Israel's northern border, But Hamas's invasion of southern Israel on October 7th should tell you it didn't initiate that attack without the coordination of Iran and Hezbollah in Syria and Lebanon and the Houthis in Yemen. No, this is not a one-off with terrorists from Hamas starting this conflict and Israel leveling northern Gaza. The rest of the world is holding its breath because this has all the earmarks of a regional war. And I, for one, believe if Iran has now acquired nuclear bombs, this war is far from over and could be much more deadly.
This week on Gardner Isn't, you heard three compositions by the composer Hans Zimmer. First, from the movie Batman and Superman, Their War Here, a 2016 release. Then a cut of The God Particle from the 2009 movie Angels and Demons. And then again, more cuts from The God Particle, followed by Zimmer's composition Day One from the 2014 movie Interstellar. Next was a work by Alan Silvestri for the 1989 movie Abyss, The Flight. And then to close, a repeat cut of Day One from Interstellar. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.